we're in a time of vision. And over the next few weeks, to, including today, we're just casting vision on where we feel God is taking us and leading us and leading the church. Uh, and, and I want to really come around this because vision is so significant. How many of you know what, I'm, what I mean? The book of Proverbs says that without vision, the people perish. And when we look at what has happened around us in the last two and a half years, there's been a lot of perishing. There's been a lot of falling away. There's been a lot of brokenness. There's been a lot of uh, just fallouts and destruction and people that we thought were had it together completely fallen apart. It's been crazy. You know what I'm talking about? Is it just me or is it we all know? But, but a lot of times these things happen not because it's just bad things happen to people, but it's just literally the lack of vision. Vision is a powerful thing. Vision gives a drowning man to hope for tomorrow. Vision gives a dying man to fight cancer to see his kids graduate from university. Vision. Vision's powerful. Vision causes you to turn up to work the next day, even if you don't want to because you've got a vision of having a great holiday. Vision causes us to do crazy things. Vision causes the desperate lover to save up and not go to Maccas and not hang out with his friends or not go to Australia Zoo to save up for that wedding ring to propose to the girl that he loves. Vision, crazy, inspires us to do crazy things, but also creates incredible purpose within us. Vision's powerful. All the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about vision. We've got Easter in the middle of that. Also talking about Easter. Everybody say Easter. 15th and 17th, we've got services. We've got a good Friday service, 10 o'clock. And uh, Easter service at 10 o'clock too. It's going to be fantastic. We've got some things that we've got planned and hopefully it'll all come to pass. But I believe it's going to be powerful when we gather. Over the last couple of years, really, we've not even been able to come around Easter. It's been all of the... In fact, I think even last year, they had... Yeah, that's right. They had a lockdown. Just boom. Saturday, lockdown. Tomorrow. It's like, what are we doing? And we had service online. So we had that last year. The year before it was online. So two years, we've not had an Easter service. Oh my. I don't know about you. I'm going to be here for Easter. Who else is going to be here? As for me and my house, we're going to be here for Easter. Let's... Let's restore the glory of Easter. We may even feel like giving hot cross buns if you turn up. You never know, right? Somebody take notes as I'm saying this. I'm making decisions as we go, casting vision. <laughs> but Easter, Easter is happening. And so in the middle of that, there's a few things going on. But I want to talk about different areas that I really feel in this vision season, God's put on my heart to focus on. And the first area I want to talk about this morning is people. How many think people are important? I want to make this message about people. In fact, a lot of times we come to church and we say things like it's all about Jesus. And yes, it is all about Jesus, all about God. Yes, it's all about God. But the reality is God is all about people, right? God so loved the world. He loved people that He gave His only Son. And whoever believes in Him shall have eternal life. And so I want to talk about people and God's plan for His people. I want to use that with this terminology that maybe some of you have heard. It's been a debated terminology in the last two years. Maybe borderline controversial, but really it's medically been proved. And the title of my message is Herd Immunity. 
herd immunity. Why don't we pray? Father, we pray this morning as we come around this thought on the power of being together, on the protection that comes in coming together. I pray this morning that people that have been distant, people that have been far, people that have been lonely, people that are new to this thing, people that are old but feel awkward about this whole thing, even what's happened in the last two and a half years, that you would give us fresh life, that you would, there will be a fresher breath, air in this room as we come around this topic. In your name we pray, amen, amen. Herd immunity. I want to talk about what, how many of you have heard the, the term herd immunity, right? Wow, two people. How many, I'm going to ask again, how many of you heard the topic herd immunity, right? I'm going to read to you what the definition is. When a high percentage of the population is vaccinated, it is difficult for infectious diseases to spread because there are not many people who can be infected. For example, if someone with measles is surrounded by people who are vaccinated against measles, the disease cannot easily be passed on to anyone and it will quickly disappear. This is called herd immunity, community immunity or herd protection. And it gives protection to vulnerable people such as newborn babies, elderly people, and those who are too sick to be vaccinated. What this means is that if there are enough people who have built up immunity, someone who still not build up that resistance, when they come around people who have that immunity, they are protected. How cool is that? Some of you looking at me nervously, you do not know if you want to approve of that because there's been lots of discussions in the last two years of just opening up things so that they can be heard. I mean, obviously there's context to each of these things, but it's interesting, isn't it? That when you have few people that have been, that have raised up immunity against a certain epidemic, that you've got others amongst them that even though they're potentially vulnerable to that disease, get protected because of who they're standing next to. Isn't that cool? I don't know about you. I want to be standing next to the right people because we got to understand that the devil comes to kill, steal, destroy. There are diseases out there, but there's even more dangerous stuff that the enemy has designed to take some of us out. But when we come together collectively, the gathering, that's what the Bible says, forsake not the gathering of the saints, the coming together. There's something powerful about the church gathering. There's something powerful about you being here this morning. I mean, the reason why, you could be at home. You could have just read the Bible. You could have just sang a few songs in worship. But what is it about when we come together and we get into the Word? What is it about when we come together and we get into worship? What is it about it? It's, it's beyond just the joy that we have in seeing each other's faces. It's beyond that. There's something spiritual that comes together. I call it spiritual herd immunity. We come together. There's a protection. There's a covering. It's, it's hard to put your finger on it because you cannot see it, but it is very true. There's a covering that comes with it. I want to speak specifically about that, but I want to hone in on further on not just the coming together. This is not a message of coming together to church. It feels a bit redundant for me to say come together to church uh, when you're here already in church. It makes it a bit redundant, right? What, what, what we got to understand is I want, I want to hone it more specific. I want to talk about specifically circles. If you don't know what a circle is, a circle is a small group. 
A small group is a bunch of people, five to eight people that come together, that gather together and, 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 you know, come around the word, come around the faith, come around godly topics, pray for each other, get an opportunity to share, get an opportunity to be encouraged, get an opportunity to be strengthened. And, and, and it's really powerful. In fact, during COVID, there was something that happened. When we were in the peak of COVID back in 2020, a lot of places, they did church online. They put their services online. We actually didn't do that. We did this thing called Church on Zoom. And what we did was we, we, we identified 10 to 15, 12 leaders uh, that would facilitate a Zoom for 8 to 10 people. And what we did was the, meet the service, the whole service from worship to the message, we gave them exclusively to these leaders. And, and, and they came together and they, gave it, they, they did a Zoom meeting. And in that Zoom meeting it was aired. Let me tell you, that was one of the strongest most effective, most powerful times in the life of our church. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Those of you that were there during that time, you know what I'm talking about. It was incredibly powerful. Uh, people felt heard. People felt, felt cared for. It wasn't just 150 of us in a group. It was 10 of us, 15 and 10 different groups coming together. And it was so effective, so powerful. Along the way, what happens is even with that, you've got, we've living in an era of social distancing and Meet people only if you need to meet people. Meet people if it's urgent. And what's happened is over the last two and a half years, we've mentally become prepared to not socialize. You know, I, I, I'm a, I love being social, but I think even the last two and a half years, I've become less social. I'm on social media, but it does not mean I'm social, right? We've all, because we've prioritized, okay, I need to... Still continue that friendship. I need to still continue this. I mean, I'm married. I guess I need to be social with my wife. I've got kids. I've got to be social here. But everything else, we've sort of just left out of the window, right? We've been listening to what's been said, of, said to us, and that's understandable. But what's happened along the way is we have become a lot more lonely, you know? And, and I think in this time and age as a church, I, I can talk about, I don't want to comment on what is happening outside, but I do think here in this home, here in Downpour, I think we need to put a greater emphasis on the coming together of small groups, on the coming together of circles. I, I really want to really encourage us to commit to a circle, and, and we'll talk about what that looks like uh, at, at a later point, but, but I believe it's going to be key, it's going to be instrumental in, in walking this thing called faith. You know, what I find interesting is that when God created the heavens and the earth in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness covered the faces of the earth. The Spirit of God moved over the waters. God said, let there be light. And then he created the trees. He created the seas. He created the birds. He created the animals. Every time God created something, he said it was good. He created the trees. It's good. Created the birds, and he said it was good. Created the chimpanzee. Man, it's a good-looking chimpanzee. Until he came to the human. He creates man. And the first thing that he says is, it's not good for man to be alone. And if God saw that within our own design, that we were not designed to be alone, how do we think we're going to live this life? For those of us that are still here, I know it's been difficult. You've, made, you've managed to do this alone at times. But God's not designed for you to do it alone. Praise God, you've done it alone. But just doing it alone is a place of survival. But God's calling us from a great, to a greater place of survival to a place to thrive. And 
Thriving begins when we start doing relationships the way God's called us to do. And so I want to encourage us, this is why we cannot be alone. We should not be alone. You're way too precious to God for you to be alone. You're of way more valuable to Jesus for you to be doing this thing alone. Don't ever talk yourself down because so many times the enemy tells us, oh, no one understands, no one gets you, nobody really loves you. Those lies, my friend, are from the enemy. Yes, I understand life has been difficult, life has been intense, but there is a person, there is a group, there are people out there that God has for you. As you take next steps into this journey that are called, that are fairly, perfectly suited suited to your personality to strengthen you, to nourish you, and you in the same, to strengthen them and to nourish them because we are not meant to do this thing called life alone. The other thing I like about being in a small group is that when I'm part of the gathering, it motivates me to keep on going. It motivates me to keep on moving. You know, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a camp out West Hannaford which I started 11 years ago called Downpour Camp. And it's an incredible camp. It's, it's, the reason it's incredible is because it's, it's amazing, the impact of it. But the other reason I like it is five and a half hours away from nowhere, right? Like there's nothing. And, but, but the thing is, it's, it's a bit hectic to get there. You got to drive five and a half hours. And once you pass Dolby, you sort of reach no man's land, you know? <laughs> You know, you're just, you're just going through and, 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 and it's exciting because I'm excited to get to my destination and it's all invigorating on what is going to happen in the next three days while I'm at camp. God's going to move. It's going to be lots of fun. Lives are going to be changed. Hearts are going to be transformed. But the journey, those three and a half hours is quite intense because Google map drops out on me, right? And I don't know which way to go. Do I take, do I take the, uh, do I take the, turn to Gabanji Road or Lollipop Lane? Like, which way should I go, right? right? Which way? Man, tough crowd this morning. Man, no one's laughing. I was like, intense. Okay, okay. I get it. I get it. You, you just want the jokes to get quality of the jokes to rise. I get it. All right. No, no, I'm not feeling insulted. So, 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 so we go in, right? We're going and what happens is along the way, anything can happen. If you, you know, you know, you can have a flat tire, anything can happen right? And you're in Jinjin and there are no, there are no, there are, Jinjin's great because it rhymes, but there's no, there's no, no one there to fix the car in Jinjin. And RECQ doesn't know where Jinjin is. So you're stuck in Jinjin. But here's the thing about, here's the thing about a trip, right? It's the convoy. It's the road trip. You know what I'm talking about? Like I'm excited about going to the camp for five and a half hours, in five and a half hours, but I'm excited about doing the road trip with you. And we know in every road trip, there are different personalities, there's the pre- precarious guy. He's got everything from like in case there's an earthquake to a wet volcano eruption to the guy that's not changed the tires. He's driving the SUV with just two tires on. You know what I'm saying? You've got all the different personalities on the road trip. But here's the thing. We need each other. Then you've got the snacker. He's got all the snacks. He, and then you've got the barista specialist who knows all the right places to stop for coffee on the road trip. They've got the Bean Unto app. They've got the Google app. They've got all the apps to tell you, we've got to stop you. Turn left to get the best latte in town. You know, so, so like, we've got all these different personalities. But you know what is exciting? We're getting to a destination. But what is more exciting about the destination is the journey. And I've come to realize that when I journey with people, I move better. And in case I get stuck, 
in case my tires need to be changed, in case I lose direction, I can follow the car in front or I can ask the car behind me. This is what is powerful about being in a small group. When you're in a small group, we're all going on a journey of faith. We're all going somewhere. When we started this relationship, this relationship with Jesus was not meant to be a stagnant one. It was supposed to be a moving one. We're all in motion. But somewhere along the way, discouragement comes. Disappointment comes. And all of a sudden, we, we get full of, we're filled with fear. And we don't want to move any further. But when you're part of a group, there's someone that will come to you and say, Hey, come along. Come along. Come along. Let's keep moving. And when you begin to hear their stories, and you begin going to hear their, and, and they begin to hear your stories, all of a sudden you begin to understand that being part of a group motivates us to keep going. The other thing I like about a small group is small groups are one of the greatest ways for us to regather. Everybody say regather. Regather. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is over the last two and a half years, there were many people that were gathering but have stopped gathering. I've got friends all around the world facing the situation of, I've got pastors, people that were in ministry that are not in a church anymore, right? And there's a struggle out there. There's all sorts of things happening. But sometimes it's difficult to invite someone to church. Hey, Downport Church has now got a 10 a.m. service. You can sleep in. Come as, as exciting as that sounds, right? Sometimes people are a bit scared to come to some, even something like that. But when you have a smaller group, let's say a social event, Let's say a picnic. Let's say, let's say, let's say just getting together and, you know, having some burgers together. Let, let's, whatever the group. You can invite them to that. It's an easier way, great way for people to regather. It's an easy, it's way easier for me to invite someone to a group of five people, right? We're having a, we're having a PlayStation night talking about Jesus, right? You can do anything with anything, right? You can, Jesus is in everywhere. Every, everything you can bring Jesus in. So we have a place that you can, we can bring a friend over. It's easier for them to gather around that than maybe just coming to an environment like this where they have not been in church for 15 years and never been to church. And that's what I love about these things called small groups. I love about circles. It's a great way to regather. Think about those people in your world. Maybe you're in that same place. Maybe you've just been coming to church and you're sort of just on your way back or maybe it's your first time here or, or, or I don't know where you're sitting. But maybe you're like, I, I, I feel God's calling me to a deeper place, but I'm not yet ready for the full thing. I'm not just ready for every Sunday. But maybe if there's a space out there that I can be a part of where I can still be encouraged, still be motivated, still get a bit of encouragement on the way. Maybe that's something you've got to consider. Great way for us to regather. What I love about is when we come together, and this is probably the most powerful thought I have about this, is that I believe God has called us to do this thing. There's a, there's a biblical aspect to this. It's, it's more than just the pastor trying to assimilate the church so that we can control the lives of people. It's more than making us go into group. There's literally scriptural power to this. Because what we've got to understand is that God forgives, but we find healing in the herd. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18, I love the language. It says, come to me now. Let's settle this. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make it white as snow. Church, I need you to understand this, that if you are not walking with God, if you're finding it that you're far from God, if you think there's things in your life, there's a sin, there's this, all sorts of stuff that you're going through, the moment you call out the name of Jesus, he's more than eagerly anticipating to release his grace upon your situation. 
you got to understand this. That, that, that God, the moment we call on his name, he forgives us. The moment. But at the same token, we find in Scripture that God forgives us, but he uses the herd to heal us. Let me read to you James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. This is what the Bible is literally saying. Come to Jesus to be forgiven. Go to your herd to be healed. Now, I'm not saying that God cannot heal you. People can take the snippet of the message and say, Pastor Alvin's saying Jesus is not healed in the 21st century. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is God has put his healing power through his body called the body of Christ that's distributed perhaps in smaller groups and smaller settings. There's something powerful when I go to Jesus and say, Jesus, there's this area that I'm struggling with and he, he, and he forgives me. But then there's something even greater when I go to my brother and I say, I'm struggling with this and I shed light to that struggle. All of a sudden, darkness has no presence in the area that I've shed the light on. When I go to my group, when I go to my circle, when I go to my small group, what it does is it helps me eliminate any dark crevices in my own life. And the light of Jesus begins to shine through the light that my brothers and sisters put upon that situation. When they lay hands on me in prayer, all of a sudden strength begins to rise up within me where I'm not just forgiven anymore, but I'm strengthened and I'm healed and I'm walking in wholeness. See, Jesus' plan for your life is not just for you to be forgiven. His plan for your life is for you to be healed. But sometimes we may be taken to a place of humility where we may need to go to our gathering a small group, a circle, and say, hey, you know what? I've received prayer for this. I'm really struggling about this thing. I'm really struggling with this insecurity. I'm really struggling with this temptation. I'm really struggling with this, with this, with this offense, whatever it is. Can we pray? And let me tell you, the moment you do that, the healing power of God touches you. We've been designed to experience healing as a herd. You look at Moses, they moved together and God made them whole. Look at Joshua, the Israel, children of Israel moved together. God made them whole. Look at King, King David led the nation of Israel when they, there was a wholeness. You look at the book of Acts when the apostles led the church and they met together. There was a wholeness that came together. Something powerful when we move together. Incredible. I also love small groups. also love gatherings, small gatherings. Because it's one of the greatest places where leaders are developed. You know, Jesus said, go into all the world and make good Christian church attenders. I'm getting nervous because some of you are nodding. Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples, which means somebody is doing something about something, right? And I, I, I heard this the other day. It stood out to me. It was powerful. Another pastor shared this. So it's a borrowed thought. I've done zero research about it, but I'm just going to trust him. He looked, he was, he looked legit. <laughs> And this pastor was sharing about how when sports was created, soccer, basketball, all these different sports, it was created amongst friends as a means of exercise and fun. And so friends would have games and it would be a sense of recreation, a sense of exercise, and a sense of fun. The competition brought in that incredible part to it. And so that's how sports were created. And then obviously you've got the Olympics and all the games that came over the centuries but today, what's happened to sport is sport is something 
we pay people to watch them play professionally. And somehow that spirit has also entered the church where we pay professionals to do the ministry, to make disciples, to do that. Jesus said discipleship is a game we all get to play. Discipleship is an all-even sport. Everybody gets to participate. But somewhere along the way, we've made it like, no, we'll just sit back and watch. It was never designed to be that. Now there'll always be different gifts and things like that. But I think each of you, if you think your purpose in God is just to sit, and I thank, I'm thankful for your faithfulness, but I also want to encourage you to a new place of fruitfulness. And that comes by being part of a group. I'll tell you my story. I, I got saved and I was part of a fairly large church. I was part of a church of 5,000, 6,000 people. And, 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 and I, I never recognized it back then, but I don't think I would have ever been effective in an environment like that if I'd never been in a small group. I remember within the second week I was, I was in this church after being saved, I got invited to a small group. Now the crazy part was in, in my 14-year-old brain, I didn't see that as two different things. I got invited to this, I got invited. And so many times we compartmentalize that. We go, I'll do church, but I cannot do small groups. Or I'll, I'll, I'll make the coffee, but I cannot attend that meeting. I think if we can just buy into being the church, we will be the church. Let's stop going to church and let's become the church. And so because I knew I was the church, I knew I had to turn up to church. Because I knew I was the church, I needed to turn up to small group. Because I knew I, knew I was the church, I needed to turn up to kids' church, right? I'm bringing church with me. I'm not just going to church. I am the church. And so that spirit was always in me. And so I would go to the this, this small group. There was seven, eight of us teenagers. And it was already fairly established. There was a singer, worship leader, all that sort of stuff. And I went up and one day the leader just said, hey, can you come up a few, uh, an hour early just to set, reset the room? Yeah, yeah. The next week he said, hey, can you come over? Like, you know where the vacuum is? Can you vacuum the place? Yeah, I'll vacuum the place. And a few, few, few weeks later, like, hey, we noticed you play the guitar. Can you like just play the guitar like, like a few chords? Yeah, I'll do that. Right. A month or two later, the worship leader had a situation. He couldn't turn up. Leader just calls me and says, hey, can you, can, I know you're already playing the guitar. Can you like just sing a bit, <laughs> right? Before I knew I was leading worship there. And I was like, hey, hey, when you're leading worship, can you like share the scripture from Philippians chapter two? Before I knew I'm preaching there. You know what I'm saying? Here's what I'm trying to say, Downport Church. I would have never been standing on the stage, leading, pastoring, doing anything, unless if it weren't for that small group, that gathering, that circle, that gave me an opportunity to move some chairs, vacuum the place, sing a few songs, share a few scriptures, because that's what God does. He takes us from strength to strength and from glory to glory. And you gotta understand that some of you are waiting for a move of God. You're saying, God, I think you're calling me for more. But the passage in which he's going to do that is perhaps going to be amongst the two or three. And when you do, and you know what I love about the two or three that you'd never get among the 200 or the 300 is that when you're among the two or three, you have an opportunity to share. You have an opportunity to ask. You have an opportunity for input. You have an opportunity to know which song you're never going to sing again. Like I know portions of the Bible I might never preach because I preached it to the twos and threes so the three hundreds will never hear it. And so it's amazing what you get to develop in those environments. And so I want to encourage us as a gift and a grace and a calling of God in each and every one of you. We are all called to play this sport. But it comes by saying, I want to buy in to the regathering. I want to buy in to the gathering. There's something powerful when we get amongst the herd. Something incredible begins to happen. And so, 
What's going to happen? I like to share a message, but also like to give some practical next steps because you're like, Pastor, I'm in, I'm in now. How do I sign for a small group? Stop talking about point 17. How do I? Glad you asked. I'm going to share with you, right? So this is how we do circles at downpour. The way we do circles at downpour is we do term by term. We found that a lot of times people are circle leaders and they never get a break. So we do it term by term based on the school term. So right now we've just entered holiday of term one season. So currently there actually isn't small groups happening, right? Or circles happening. Term two, we're going to kick start. And then term three, term four. The other thing we encourage circle leaders is to have their groups happening fortnightly. All right, fortnightly. And, 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 and we've... We've gone through all sorts of flexibility systems to make this flexible. We, we do encourage physically meeting, but maybe you're like, I cannot make it to some of the physical meetings, but I can do it online. If that is where you're at, we'll meet you where you're at, right? But we're going to do all sorts of, because at the end of the day, it's not about anybody signing up to a program. The program's about people. The program's about you. But I would honestly, even if I look around this room, I'd love even to start with each one of us is in a small group. It would be absolutely fantastic. But we're kicking off. And so what we've asked our circle leaders to do is to do a social event during this holiday season. You may be available. You may not be available. That's fine. But we're going we're gonna to have our, our circle leaders doing a social event, a picnic, a barbecue, a catch-up, maybe PlayStation talking about Jesus, right? And, 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 and just, just, just get to know, all right? And then set up a plan of we're going to meet on a Wednesday or we're going to meet on a Friday. We're going to meet on a fortnightly basis and work out where we're going to meet. And it's going to be powerful because you're going to have access. And here's the thing, right? It's, it's the fellowship. It's the food. But it's also the word that's going to come through. You're going to have access to materials that we can't access on a Sunday. Maybe you're like, I want to learn more about finances. I want to learn about having a godly marriage. I want to understand the book of Revelation. I want to understand what is holiness. What does that mean? What does that look like? I want to understand how honor works. Whatever it is, there's all these sort of teachings that we've put together for each and every circle. And so I think behind me, there's going to be circle leaders. I want to share an announce this morning, circle leaders and what they'll be. Oh, there we go. Look at these good looking people. Come on. Why don't we put a hand for them? Oh, come on. Oh, yeah. So we've got... We've got the incredible Jason and Diana running a circle, obviously specifically focused on families, but they'll have anybody, everybody. We've just categorized it as families, right? If you've got kids and everything. We've got the incredible Sarah, Dr. Sarah, running a women's V31 circle. How cool is that? Uh, we've got Desire and Eche running a faith circle. I love that. It's about faith. It's about faith. I want to just take a moment to celebrate Desire and Eche. Why don't we put a hand for these guys? These guys have had the longest lasting circle in the history of Downport Church. They've never stopped. It's unbelievable. We've got Colin and Cheryl. For those of you who don't know, Colin and Cheryl were pastors. They're actually not here this morning. They, they used to pastor at senior pastors of a church in Roma uh, that I used to preach for years back. They're actually there because they've just, been got, they've just gotten a building. And this morning is the launch of that building under the new pastor. And so they're just celebrating that legacy. But they're obviously part of our church. They're going to be running a new Horizon Circles, which is for seniors, 55, 16 above. Also on top of that, Pastor Colin is also going to run a men's circle. How cool is that? Wait a minute. We31 girls, you thought you were the only ones. No, we're coming. We're coming like a whirlwind. Don't you worry, right? <laughs> Bob's bringing KFC to the men's gathering. So we've got, so we've got, we've got, Pastor Colin Cheryl, and then we've got a men's circle. 
And then we've got Connor. Look at that coffee mug. Oh, my. I'll go, I'll go just for that. I'll just go for the coffee. We've got Connor running a young adult circle. So if you're like the age of 19 to like 27, 30, 20, 29, 27. We'll keep it at 27, right? To 27, 28. We want you to be a part of this young adults. It's going to be fantastic. And I believe it's going to be pretty cool. How many of you excited about that? Right? And so, so I, know, I know that not everybody is in the room, but even if I can get just these circle leaders that I called, if you can just stand up where you're at. And I just want to pray for you guys. In fact, you know what? You know what I, want you, I want you to come out of your chairs. Let's just stand right here. Why don't, we, why don't we get the church to pray for these guys? Come on out here. All good. Let's do it. Let's do it. I know some of our spouses are in kids' church and all that, but that's all good. Praise God. Are we excited? Yeah. yeah. Get it rolling. Why don't we stretch our hands towards these guys? And I just pray for God's presence upon them as they step into just doing this thing called the regathering. Father, I just pray. We just pray for desire and eche, Lord. We just pray for a fresh anointing over them. Lord, even as they started this business and now navigating how to do the circle, I just pray, God, that you guide them, you lead them, you be with them, you protect them. And I pray for the people that you're bringing to their place. That it's going to be powerful. Lord, we've seen miracles even in this circle. People receive healing, people being delivered. We've seen the hand of God, Lord. I pray that the good work that you've begun, bring it into completion, Father God. Lord, I just thank you. Lord, I just lift up Sarah into your hands, Lord, as she steps out into new territories, Lord. I just pray, God, for the girl that you're going to bring around her. I just pray, God, for an incredible time of encouragement. I thank you for the encouragement that she is to everybody. I just pray, God, this will be a place where many women are strengthened. Well, many people just experience the hand of God. And Lord, I just thank you, God, that in these coming days, we're going to hear great stories, great testimonies of you moving through the life of your daughter and the many that she will gather. Father, I just lift up Jason and Diana into your hands, Lord. Lord, as they're taking the step of faith, I just pray, God, Lord, your word says the steps of a righteous man have been ordered by the Lord. I just pray that over them right now, Lord. I just thank you, God, that you've graced them, you've gifted them, you've anointed them, you've appointed them. And Lord, your hand is upon them, Lord. I pray, God, that many would be blessed as they come to their home, as they come to where they connect. Many will be touched, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for this beautiful boy. I pray for your hand upon him, Lord. Let him grow in your ways. Lord, I thank you for Connor. I thank you for the young adults of our church. I thank you, Lord, as he as he runs this circle. I pray that many would come alongside. That it'll just not just be a Connor thing, but it'll be an us thing. It'll be an our thing. That 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 young adults would rise up left right center and just rise up to everything they've called them to be father uh, to, to you, you've got a great destiny for the young adults of our land of our nation and we thank you god for many of them that you're bringing even to this house so you can use a mighty way i pray god that let them let them have times of refreshing times of strengthening times of renewal that'll be fun lord we just give you all the glory your name we pray. Amen. 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 Come on, why do we give these guys a hand? So good. Well, well, so what's gonna happen is we would love if you guys can literally, you've seen the faces, you know the names. Like reach out to some of these people saying, Hey, I heard you're leading a circle. I want to be a part of this. Can I bring Tim Tams every time we gather? You know, just just something. Think about where you can be play a part. And we've got a few more circles in the pipeline following term and the term after. So we're just going to go from strength to strength. But can I just encourage everyone uh, to just be involved this week, this, this season, all right? We've got a few weeks now before we actually officially start. And, and I just think it's going to be really, really powerful. How many of you excited? I feel, I feel, uh, 
I feel, I feel vision. I feel vision develop in me. Come on, come on. The future is bright when we got such incredible enthusiasm in the front row. Come on. I love it. I love it. I love it. Vision. I feel vision rising up in me. You know, as part of this, one of the things we spoke over our church this year, 2022, was the year of the open heaven. And uh, we're going to do something a little bit different every year. We come around, around the month of May, June, we come around a time of special offering. Uh, it's to accelerate things that we're doing, right? Um, but we are living in extraordinary times. We've taken on a building project in the, in the middle of COVID, in the middle of incredible changes here at Downpour. And we've gone so far and it's been absolutely fantastic. But next week particularly, I want to talk very specifically into the vision that we feel God has for this building. This is not our building, this is God's building. He's entrusted us with this space and we want to do the best we can. And as part of that, in a few weeks time, not next week, we will let you know, in a few weeks time, we'll be taking up what I call an open heaven offering. The book of Malachi says that give, bring bring it, bring the tithes to the storehouse for surely I will, for, for won't I not open the windows of heaven. The word we have for this year is opening heaven. Heaven's already open. We're not doing anything to open the heavens. God's already opened the heavens 2,000 years ago, right? But there are things that we do by faith that moves the heart of God from heaven. When heaven sees generosity, when heaven sees radical sacrifice, when heaven sees that level of buy-in, and we have gotten so far down as a church because many before us have paid a price to be where we're standing right now, to be where we're sitting right now. Many before us have paid the price to see this place open. And so there's going to be an opportunity in the next couple of weeks and we'll let you know more information about it. But I want you to be praying about it. I was a bit unsure. I wanted to do it in June. But just with our calendar and everything that we've got planned for what we want to see in, in reaching the city, I've had to just push it a bit, uh, push it back, or push it earlier rather, reschedule early to, to this window. I hope you're able to be okay with that. Uh, but we're going to just go very specific on where we're going and where God's leading us. And I believe, I just want to thank you all for always being so incredible. You guys are brilliant. You guys are absolutely, do you know that? Do you know how amazing you are? No, I'm serious. Like, you're just like, you're not sure. You guys are absolutely brilliant. Now, even the confidence that I have as a pastor, this come up here and say, hey, we're doing this. We're changing, we're shuffling it a bit. And just for you to be able to adjust with that, I just want to thank you so much. I want you to know we love you. Be excited. Next week is going to be even more specific on where we're going in, in this space and things like that. Keep me in prayers as Pastor Lee. In fact, I want you to do I want you to just stretch your hands towards me. Come on, just lift your hands towards me. I want you to pray for me. Lift me up. Lift us up. Father, we just pray for the vision. You are the visionary of this church. You're the CEO of this church. You're the leader of this church. You're the apostle of this church. Lord, your word says you will build your church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So I pray for wisdom, godly wisdom on our, on our board. I just thank you for our board that's carried this church during some of the toughest and the driest seasons. I thank you for our lovely people that have been generous during our toughest times. But Lord, now we come together. And Lord, as, as those hands are stretched towards me, I pray for the wisdom 
of God, supernatural wisdom of God, creativity to come upon our leadership team, on Regan, on Katie, on Leah, on myself and everybody else that's part of it. I just pray for divine wisdom to come upon us, Lord. You've entrusted us with something so significant and we do not wish to squander that, but we wish to steward that and take it to the next level and the next level and the next level. Lord, we will look back at this moment. We will look back at this month and know that this was the defining month in changing and shifting the trajectory of Downport Church for the decade to be. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. In your name, we pray and everybody say.